I wish you all well. We're having a kind of a strange Sukkot, strange for me, and I think strange for uh, everybody else. We can't go to shul. We can't invite our children and grandchildren. We have to stay with our nuclear family without anywhere to go and any place, anything to do. So it's a little bit difficult. On the other hand, I think we have a chance to appreciate each other a little more. And while in Yerushalayim, the nighttime on Sukkot is usually dedicated to Simchat Beit HaShoeva. We kind of feel the joy. Feel the joy directed by um, different communities. Directed by different communities, and we don't feel that today. So this year was titled Simchat Torah Tavshin Pei Aleph. That even though Simchat Torah is a day, Simchat Torah could be every day. Even these days, these difficult days, can be days of Simchat Torah. So I invite you in an extraordinary manner, since there are no Simchat Beta Shoeva, to go to. There's no place to turn around to. There are no parks to visit. Let's learn something together. Let's learn something together which might make this day and this time a little easier, a little more palatable for us. So the psukim that I'm looking at are the psukim in Dvarim Perik Lamed Bet. Dvarim Perik Lamed Bet, the Pesuk says, Two or three psukim. By the Be'er Hashem and Moshe, Be'etzem Hayom Hazele Mo. That's a pasuk. God spoke to Moshe. Be'etzem Hayom Hazele. What's Be'etzem Hayom on that very day? On some part of the day? It, it's kind of a mystery. What's Be'etzem Hayom Hazele? We'll see how Rashi guides us through Be'etzem Hayom Hazele. Pasuk Memtet, Alei El Har HaAvarim Hazeh Har Nevo. So we know the name of the mountain that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to when he died was Nevo. And Har HaAvarim, Avarim is a kind of a pathway, a passage through the mountain that takes you right into Eretz Canaan. So Moshe Rabbeinu went Partway up through this passage and then up on Har Nevo, Asher Eretz Moab, and that mountain is found in the land of Moab. Asher Al Penei Yericho, facing the city of Yericho. Yericho is already on the western side of the Jordan River. And you, Moshe Rabbeinu, look carefully. You'll see it. It's true that Moshe Rabbeinu was not granted a reprieve from his punishment and was not given the opportunity to go into Eretz Yisrael, but he was given the opportunity by a Kodesh Baruch to look at Eretz Yisrael. And since uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was 120 years old, that he would not have lived through the conquest of Eretz Yisrael that was led by Yoshua Binun, it's reasonable to say 
that uh, in some way HaKadosh Baruch Hu reneged on the punishment that Moshe Rabbeinu was to receive. Because this statement, this statement, Re'ei et Eretz Kena'an, Asher Aninotein Livnei Yisrael, Re'ei, is still something. It's a conquest of sorts. It's a connection without a doubt. I know that sight comes and goes, but it comes. It's there. It differentiates before and after sight. The last word in the Pasuk is la'achuzah. Achuzah meaning B'nai Yisrael are going to go and hold on to it. So it's like a Kodesh Baruch says to Moshe Rabbeinu, listen, you're going to get to see Eretz Kedah, but you're not going to get Akuza. You're not going to hold on to Eretz Yisrael. And the next Pasuk, next Pasuk says, Umut Bahar Asher Ata Ale Shama Ole Shama, and you'll die there on that mountain. And you'll be collected by your people in the manner made in the manner that Aaron Achicha died So Moshe Rabbeinu is told the news, all of the news you'll get to see Eretz Yisrael you won't get to grab onto it and hold it. You won't get the feeling of ownership. But you'll die in a special way, in the way that Aaron Akohen died. These are wonderful psukim, in my opinion, trying to describe, trying to describe the feeling that Moshe Rabbeinu might have had at this moment, elated on the one hand, knowing that he had accomplished his mission of bringing B'nai Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, and knowing that he, Moshe Rabbeinu, with all his special, all his special uh, traits, would not be the person who brought them into Eretz Yisrael. For Moshe Rabbeinu, the Jordan River, the Jordan River was the border between the world that was going to be and the world that never was going to be. Moshe Rabbeinu thought he was to bring B'nai Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael, but in fact he brought them to the point where he could look at Eretz Yisrael, and that was it. He couldn't look. It was something, there was a disconnect even for Moshe Rabbeinu. His dream could not be fulfilled in its entirety. So these are the psukim, these are the psukim that represent the end of the life of Moshe Rabbeinu, his achievements and his inability to achieve perfectly. And so Rashi looks at these psukim and he wants to teach us something and um, we have to look at it very carefully. We have to look at Rashi here very carefully. 
Rashi says, "B'shlosha bekomot neemar be'etzem hayom hazeh." There are three places, I guess, in the Torah, where the Torah says, "Be'etzem hayom hazeh." There are three places. Again, "B'shlosha bekomot neemar." Three different places in the Torah it is said, "Be'etzem hayom hazeh." And then Rashi will go on to enumerate those three places. But before we go on, we have to just, you know, like sometimes the technical, the technical assessment things of things, it, it makes all the difference. And we can't avoid it. And here what I have to say is, is Rashi correct? Are there only three places? Well, it doesn't seem so. Doesn't seem so because the Torah says the etz of on the places that are places that are not mentioned by this Rashi. Rashi then continues to mention three places, but there are other places not mentioned by Rashi. Yom Kippurim and Pesach. They are also done the etz of and Shavuot. They all have mitzvot that are done the etzem ayom on that very day. But you see, Rashi is not talking about mitzvot. Rashi is talking about events, things that happened in our history, things that we know about primarily because the Torah tells us about them. They're not mitzvot. Rashi's not talking about mitzvot. Rashi is talking about events that shaped the world. And what are those events? So you look at the Rashi. Neymar ben Noach. The first one is is about Noach. Hayom azeba Noach. That's what the pasuk says on this day. Noah came into the Teva, came into the Ark. Bimarit in the light of day, meaning that everybody could see it. Everybody could see Noah going into the into the Teva, and so Rashi starts to explain. This is based on a source in the Medrash, but we're going to learn it in Rashi. The people who lived at the time of Noah, well, they, they said about what was going on. What was going on? Noah was building the Teva, and then he told them that God wanted him to go in, and they could all come along with him, but they refused. One way or the other, if we if we take note of the fact, we can feel him. We can feel Noah acting out this this uh, uh, matter. If we, if we see him going into the ark, oto. We're not going to let him 
go into the Teva. So here's, here's uh, uh, it's not written in the Torah, but it's something that's interesting. According to Chazal, the people who lived at the time of Noah, well, why didn't they go with Noah? So Chazal said, no, no, he didn't. They go with Noah. They tried to stop him. They tried to stop him from going into the ark and floating and floating away. Below, oh, not only are we going to stop him, we're going to grab hammers and sickles and tools of destruction, right? Other tools of destruction. That's as we learned once in the 60s, right? In we're going to break apart the ark. We'll break apart the ark. So this is like, like Chazal filling out the story. I mean, how could it be? What happened? Here's, here's Noah doing something crazy. He's building an ark and he says it's going to rain and the flood is going to do us all in. And then he invites them to come along and they say no. And finally, so what did they do? Chazal said they, they were an oppositionary force. They're going to stop Noah from going into the Teva. We're going to stop him once and for all. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu responded on behalf of Noah. Areni machniso bechatsi hayom. I'm going to put him, I'm going to let him go into the Teva, into the Ark in the middle of the day, broad daylight. Anybody who has enough power to deny this, deny this event, to stop it, let him come along and, and stop it. is saying, you can't stop this. You can't change this. Noach is going into the Teva. He will be saved. Everybody else will die, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And that's the first of the three. Shloshah Mikomot, this is the first of the three Mikomot. The second, the Mitzrayim. We're talking about the exodus from Egypt, Ne'emar, that on that day, on the day with light, the day where you could see on that day God took them out of Mitzrayim. And what does that mean? What does Yitzhak Mitzrayim have to do with light of day? Lefi, Rashi says, Shayu Mitzrayim Omrim. If the Mitzrayim would say, Bekach, Bekach, one way or the other, Emanu Magishim Bahem, Einamu Manichim Otam If we feel them, if we feel that they are you know, doing it, we're not going to let them out. Not only, but even more, we're going to take swords and weapons, again, weapons of destruction, and we're going to kill them, or some of them, to frighten them. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, again HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds, Lefisha Yu Yisrael Amrim, 
הקודש בו, סליחה, הריני מוציאן בחצי היום. I'm going to take them out of Egypt in broad daylight. Everybody's going to see. וכל מי שיש בו כוח למחות, יבוא וימחה. Whoever can stand up against my will, God said, let him stand. Let him stand up. Obviously, there's no one who could do that. No one could do that. So the two, the, the two cases, the first two cases are Noach and Yitziat Mitzrayim. The story is similar. They leave, like they're going to leave, the, 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 the Noach is going to light into the altar, and they people say no, and God says, I'm responsible, I'm making sure, they will certainly, Noach will certainly go into the ark, the people will certainly leave Egypt. Those are the two cases. The third case, Rashi says, Afkav, here as well. Here as well, here meaning in the case of the death of Moshe, the mitatosha Moshe, also. Now, you see that posuk, if you go back, and what is it that God said to Moshe Rabbeinu? You're going to die. I want you to go up on the mountain, and you'll die the same way that Aaron, the same way that Aaron Akohen died. Lefisha, you Yisrael, omrim People, B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael said, one way or the other, im anu magishim bo, ein anu manichim oto. If we, if we feel that this is happening, that Moshe Rabbeinu is about to die, we're not going to let that happen. Ein anu manichim oto. We're going to, we're not going to let him die. And then they go on and they say, Adam the man who took us out of Mitzrayim and split the sea split the sea and brought us man in order to have sustenance and be able to, to, to continue to exist and brought these birds upon us for meat and brought us the well, Miriam's, Miriam's well, and brought us in, gave us the Torah. We're not going to let him be. Amar, Amar HaKadosh Bochu, Hareini Machniso Bechatsi Hayom. So said, I'm going to bring him in, bring him to heaven, bring him to his death in the light of day. Everybody can see that that happened. I think it's fairly clear that the three cases don't seem to form a, a kind of unit. You'd expect the, all three cases to be the same. But case number one of Noah, good guys, bad guys. The bad guys are taking a stand against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu beats them down. Yitziat Mitzrayim, 
the Egyptians are the bad guys. And HaKadosh Baruch says they're not going to be able to stop, stop this. But the third case, the third case seems to me to be a little different. After all, it's about B'nai Yisrael wanting to maintain the leadership, to maintain the leadership of, to maintain the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu. And they recognize the fact that the greatest miracles of the desert were brought into the world, into their world, through Moshe Rabbeinu. And they don't want Moshe Rabbeinu to leave. So Noach and Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they're good guys and bad guys. But in the third case, even though they're taking a stand against what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said has to happen, but they're doing it for, for a better reason. They want the leadership of Moshe Rabbeinu. They know that Yehoshua ben Nun is not Moshe Rabbeinu, even though Yehoshua ben Nun turned out to be a great leader, a great general, but not a great Moshe Rabbeinu. Yehoshua ben Nun did not give us the Torah. He did not make it accessible to us. He did not make it possible in the desert because of Yoshua Binun, that was all done according to the uh, talents, abilities of Moshe Rabbeinu. So that's what that's what it says. That's what it says. If you look, uh, we look just quickly at the Psukim. Noach, the Pasuk Noach was Breshit Perk Zion, Pasuk Gimel. It says, "Be'etzem ayom azeh ba'noach l'shem v'chal ma'yevdin b'no be'eshet noach u'shmoshet l'shem ba'nav v'itam el ha'teva." That was be'etzem ayom azeh on the on the day that light clarified things. Everybody saw what was happening. Noach, his sons, his daughters-in-law, all of them came into the teva. Rashi there in Bereshit explains Be'etzem HaYom HaZeh Lemedcha Ad Katuv Shayu B'nei Dora Omrim The Pesach teaches us that the people in the generation of Noach would say Ilu Anuroim Oto Nichnas Lateivah We see him going into this ark Anu Shovrim Ota the Hargim Oto will break it apart, will break that apart, the Hargim Oto. Amar Kodesh Bohu responded, I'll bring him into the ark with everybody watching. So Rashi in Breshit says again the same thing about Noah and that he said in our Pasuk at the end of in the end of Dvarim. The second case the second case is uh Yitziat Bitraim Shmot Perakud Bet Pasuk Yud Aleph Nun Aleph Slikat Bahi Betsava Yoba Hashem on that very day Let's see, I shared the day you saw Bears Mitzrayim El Al Sibotam. 
on that very day, Akadish Baruch took B'nai Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, Al Sivaka, on their various armies. Here Rashi does not comment. Rashi does not comment. Very hard for us to know why Rashi would comment one of the three cases. Well, I mean, the third case he comments. That's his major comment. The first case is the case of Noah. He also comments. But by Yitziat Mitzrayim, Rashi does not comment. But we now know the three, the three Be'etzam Ayom Hazeh. We know three Be'etzam Ayom Hazeh. We asked at the beginning, is it true that there are only three? Aren't there more than three? Aren't there more than three? So yes, there are more than three. There's the Mila of Avraham. I mean, I won't go through the Pesukim, but you could do it on your own. The Mila of Avraham, Pesach, Shavuos, right? Mila of Avraham. Pesach, Shavuos. So that produced like a second question. And the second question is, why doesn't the Torah say so in order to answer all of these questions I'd like to make a distinction between the Torah telling me that there's a mitzvah that I have to perform I have to circumcise my son I have to eat a matzah on Pesach bring a korban Pesach like that's a mitzvah. The mitzvah at a certain time of the year recurs again and again and again. Every time that date comes up, I have to say, do the mitzvah. Every time the date comes up, I have to do the mitzvah. But there's another kind of piece of information that the Torah gives us. And that piece of information is contained in these three cases. In the case of Noah, in the case of Yitziat Mitzrayim, and in the case of the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. None of these three, none of these three cases is connected to a mitzvah but they are connected to cosmic turmoil. Cosmic turmoil. After all, you know that the story of Noah comes to tell us that the world was recreated. That the world that was created for Adam Rishon, for the first man and his wife, Chava, that world just could not be maintained. It could not be maintained because people were unable to live up to that standard. Adam Rishon, one mitzvah, don't eat that fruit. Couldn't He couldn't do it. He couldn't hold on. Somehow he couldn't figure out a way to maintain that standard. And so the world had to be recreated. And it was created in the guise of Noah. Noah became the first man. 
And when he was the first man, when Enoch was the first man, the first thing he did was sin. The first thing he did was deny his own sanity and his own ability to follow the rules. First thing that he did. So that even though Noah was saved, but you have to remember he was saved to be Adam Arishon Otpam, a second tribe. Or maybe it's because it's the way the Torah tells us that evil or that the inability to achieve moral perfection, that inability is built into the Torah. Not that we can't achieve it, but it's going to be really difficult. That's Noah. Noah represents the difficulty of moral perfection, and that difficulty is kind of built into creation. I can't tell you why, but it would seem that it was important that men achieve more and more of moral perfection. It was important. So the story of Noah is about a change in creation. It's not about Adam and Chava, but about Adam and Eve. But it's about Noah and his family. And Noah and his family became the beginning, the new beginning. Yitziat Mitzrayim. Yitziat Mitzrayim. shaped Am Yisrael. Before Yitzhak Mitzrayim, before they experienced the event of Yitzhak Mitzrayim, they could always be enslaved. After all, slavery doesn't have a single definition. But it produces a singular lack, a lack of enterprise, a lack of achievement, a lack of a group that is knows where it's going or what it's doing. Slavery could not produce the people who were set to receive the Torah. Only freedom could do that. Because freedom implies that the decision-making process is somehow yours. I mean, that's what freedom, that's what freedom is. So when the Egyptians saw that they were gaining freedom, that the Jews were gaining freedom out of Egypt, it wasn't just. It wasn't just that they were losing slaves. But they saw, they perceived, they understood, they understood that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, re, was creating the possibility 
for the acceptance of Torah in, in the world. And that was not something that the Egyptians were ha happy about. They had their own ideas about God. They had their own ideas about how things run in the world. They were, after all, the people who never prayed. They were the people who didn't have to pray because they had a source of water that always irrigated the fields. And prayer is essentially about prayer is essentially, as Rashi says, prayer is about making things grow. It's the other side of creation. God created the world, but we needed prayer in order to get the world going. Rashi. So the people in Egypt, people in Egypt understood that Yitzhak Mitzrayim, that the exodus from Egypt was a force that they had to stand up against. Stand up against. Noach was a force that was going to change the way the world was, the way evil in the world was being treated, the way people would have to respond to various events in their own world. So, Noah is the first story, Yitziat Mitzrayim is the second story. What's the third story? The third story is about Moshe Rabbeinu. And Bnei Yisrael turned to God and they said, look, we live in a uh, in a perfect world. You have a Shiloh. You know, the Sukkot is a time when a lot of people have Shilas. There's I mean, this year. You know, to be if you don't have to, if you don't go to shul, what do you do? What do you daven? What don't you daven? I mean Shilas endlessly. So everybody has to find a rabbi who he trusts. What does that mean? To trust the rabbi. Because, well, you know, it's a simple thing. If I am obligated to do as God wants me to do, sometimes I need somebody who will help me and tell me what God wants me to do. This is a remarkable leap to think that somebody might know the answer to that question, but we've lived with that for the last 3,000 years since Moshe Rabbeinu died. And so the people came to HaKadosh Baruch and they said, we want Moshe Rabbeinu because Moshe Rabbeinu's answers were perfect. We always knew that when Moshe Rabbeinu taught us something, we always knew that Moshe Rabbeinu was right, that somehow he represented clearly, clearly represented God's will. Uh, and if we don't have that, we're, we're just going to disappear. We're going to fall apart. I mean, what sort of, how could we continue? How could we continue to live? So HaKadosh Baruch said, no. What does no mean? When HaKadosh Baruch said 
to the people in the time of Noah. You can't do it. What, what's going to happen? There'll be a new world. The people in the time of Noah didn't want a new world. They liked the old world. They were stealing and they were bribery. They were doing bribery and running uh, all sorts of illicit businesses. So they liked that. Akkadish Baruch said, you may like it, but you're not going to get it. You'd see at Mitzrayim that people said, people said, we don't want independent religious thinking. We don't want the people who can accept the Torah because it's the Torah. We don't want that. Akkadish Baruch said, no. That's what you'd see at Mitzrayim really means. It's a step on the way to step on the way to receiving the Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu, who is Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is the one who is going to give life to the Torah. Remember Yitro came to Moshe Rabbeinu and he said, what are you doing sitting around all day and all night answering questions? You can't, I mean, you're going to die. And when you die, there won't be a Moshe Rabbeinu. If there's no Moshe Rabbeinu, the whole thing will die because everybody will say, how do you know? Who told you? So the people came to HaKadosh Baruch and they said, we want Moshe Rabbeinu, we need Moshe Rabbeinu. And HaKadosh Baruch said to them, the Torah will live even though Moshe Rabbeinu will die. The Torah will live because, because uh, that was a question of like how you want to, how you want to define it. But what what the point is? The point is that the judges of that generation, that the Torah personalities who give us life, those people will somehow be able to take up the mantle of Moshe Rabbeinu. I can't point to them. And the Torah doesn't say, even though Yoshua ben Nun is called in the first pasuk of Yoshua, Ebed Hashem, just as Moshe Rabbeinu is called Ebed Hashem, but Yoshua ben Nun, as I said before, is not associated with the clarity that you need for Torah psak. Yoshua ben Nun is a different kind of person. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to B'nai Yisrael, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu is going to die. But the determination of Halakha is not going to die. That's going to continue. So we started off today. We started off today and we said, the Pasuk, Hashem Moshe Be'etzem Hayom Etzem Hayom seems to be some kind of light some kind of understanding that there were three times, Rashi says there are three times when the Etzema Yomazeh represent this kind of understanding. And I would say, I would say that the three times that we're talking about are major changes in the way we understand the world that God created. Noah, a new world, a world in which the expectation uh, of the expectation of goodness 
has gone down, but the possibility of goodness has gone up. Yitziat Mitzrayim is when the people are being created, the people are being created to accept the Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu represents the continuation, the continued acceptance of the demands and the adherence of the Torah, demands of the Torah and the adherence to the Torah. And that even though Moshe Rabbeinu would, uh, would disappear, he personally would disappear. He would go up to Haranavo and die in the same way that Aaron, his brother, died. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we will continue. We'll continue to be the ones who accept the Torah, who believe in the Torah, and who accept the unwritten law of the Torah, which we call Torah Sheba Al Peh. Okay. Uh, I hope uh, there's some food for thought. And I hope we're able, we'll be able to uh, continue Parashat Breshit next week, uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday. This year, this year, which was called Simchat Torah, Tavshin Pei Aleph, Eira Almotosha Moshe Rabbeinu, is in memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, Zichrono Uvivracha. All the best to you. Have a wonderful Moadim Simcha. Shabbat Shalom. Chag Sameach. All the best.